0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everyone, it's Andy Bueller, high school sports reporter and host of the Scorebook Live Today podcast. So the coronavirus has shut down schools and halted high school sports, but we're taking things up a notch in hopes to help during this time of great uncertainty. Each day, we're releasing a special episode of this podcast called Dickow's Quarantine Series, where our own Dan Dickow interviews an expert in their respective field, from coaches to trainers, authors to uh, former standout athletes. Subscribe to this podcast for free, and please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Let's keep everyone safe by washing your hands and following the Governor's stay-at-home mandate. We're just as excited for high school sports to return as you are. Here's Dan Dickow after a word from our sponsor. Are you a small business impacted by the coronavirus? Washington Federal is here to help. Washington Federal is a proud sponsor of Scorebook Live, and it's offering a five-year business line of credit with 90 days interest for free to businesses that have seen a 10% or greater drop. Apply now to receive up to $200,000 on business lines of credit. The folks at Washington Federal understand small businesses may need an emergency loan. They're doing their best to help during this global pandemic. If you're a small business owner who needs help, head to wafdbank.com to apply. Questions? Email business.lifeline at wafd.com.
1: And Dick Live, Washington, on today's podcast, uh, the quarantine series where we're bringing you a, an interview with a special guest in an uh, experienced field, an expert, or a former college or high school athlete from the state of Washington, and it was truly successful. Today's guest, a former UW um, athlete at the same time I was there, had an amazing amount of uh Success on the football field from Woodenville High School in class of '97, Marcus Sopo. Marcus, it's been a while since we talked, so uh, great to reconnect. How's life down in the Bay Area? Because you're on the football coaching staff at Cal.
2: Oh, it's going good, Dan. It's good to get on with you. Uh, one of my favorite guys coming into you know our, our class of '97. There, watching, watching you do what you did on the on the court and. Uh, followed you throughout your career and, you know, always consider you a friend. So it's a uh, it's a great to to join you. And, uh, yeah, we're uh, sheltering in place right now in Bay Area. It's uh, interesting times, but uh, we are doing well. Good to hear
1: that all is well uh, in these uncertain times. And a lot of people are, are having an opportunity to kind of reflect on some of their past experiences, memories from their athletic career and or coaching career. You've got a little bit of both. When you look back at yourself, you were a multi-sport athlete at Woodenville High School, um, very successful baseball player and football player. I believe, if you correct me if I'm wrong, you had a chance to play either sport in college, um, and you might have had uh, the talent to play professionally uh, on the baseball diamond as well. What were the determining factors for you to choose football, and what were those? What was the thought process like back then for you?
2: Yeah, you're right. I played football, basketball and baseball. I played year round. I mean, literally would finish one season and the next day was hitting practice the next sport. And so that's all I knew growing, you know, going up through the through the years. And so when it when I had a chance to continue playing sports collegiately, uh, it really made sense that football and, and baseball, I could play at the highest levels. Probably, I maybe could have played small, small, small school basketball if I if I loved it. But, you know, I loved football, and I, I did enjoy baseball. And so ultimately it just came down to what I really loved, and obviously football and playing the quarterback position is what kind of drove me. Um, I did go out for baseball for a little bit my junior year in college just because I had that itch to do it. Um, and there was a little caveat there because – I actually signed at UW to play both uh, you know football Jim Lambright at the time and then Ken Knutson you no know, I think they we both under or all of us understood that that's what was happening but then I won the backup quarterback job my freshman year and then coach Lambright's like uh, I think you should focus on on football I don't think the baseball thing is going to help you out so You know, I wasn't happy at the time, but, you know, I think it it, kind of showed, you know, where I truly was at in terms of loving the game of football and wanting to pursue, you know, greatness at the quarterback position. Um, And so I I didn't, I didn't really even fight it. And so, uh, you know, I I did go back out later after I kind of solidified myself at that level and you know, ultimately went back to football after a few months just because, I, you know, I missed working out with my guys. And we had some goals that we, you know, we hadn't accomplished yet. So, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, there was a moment there actually right before I enrolled as a freshman at UW where, you know, I almost decided to go play baseball at uh, Arizona State. And uh, ultimately decided not to, obviously, but uh, um, that was kind of what I went through.
1: Wow, that's uh, that's interesting. I, I I knew you were a, a good baseball player. I didn't under, realize that you had uh, opportunity as well, uh, maybe to play at Arizona State if that was the path that you wanted to take. You're in a you were in a unique situation as far as having a family that was full of good athletes. Your father played in the NFL, uh, I believe, if I remember correctly. Your older sister was on the volleyball team at UW. You had some younger brothers that had success at the college level in different sports. Um, how did your family's athletic background shape and mold your decision-making process and also your competitiveness to get to the point you could have those options?
2: Yeah, growing up in an athletic family, and as you mentioned, a father that kind of, you know, played high school and then went to college and then obviously onto the NFL. Uh, I mean, sports was is what we did. I mean, it was something that we naturally gravitated towards. And I remember my parents always telling us that we didn't have to do it if we didn't want to, but it was just something that we loved to do. And so uh, we never, we never said we didn't want to. And then, uh, you know, they even told us to the point where we could just do it for fun. It didn't have to be super competitive, but that was, it was in our nature. So we, you know, we never wanted to go that route. We, we always wanted to be the best or compete to be the best. And so being around that with your siblings and I'm one of five, it's, it's, uh, it makes it a natural, you know, process that you just continue to move on up and do the best that you can and that you're competing and you're trying to get better, you know, each day or uh, you're trying to, you know, not necessarily one-up each other, but you're kind of encouraging each other just to, to, you know, to do your best. And so it was a natural thing, I think, in our family to just, you know, strive. And you know, uh, you know, our parents always said, you know, give yourselves the best chance to you know, do the things that you want to do in life. And if you have dreams to play collegiately or get your education paid for, it, or even have a chance to play professionally, let's let's go for it. And so, you know, having that support, it it, it helped me out just because it was it was always keeping me on, you know, our path athletically. And you know, if we didn't play so well, you know, we had we had someone that could could talk to us and teach us through his experience with my father. And so it, uh, it was nice to be able to, and I don't know if I always thought it was nice at the time, <laughs> you know, you're getting critiqued <laughs> by your dad, yeah. you're trying your best, but you know, looking back on it now, he, he was just setting us up for, you know, uh, the way college coaches are going to view your performance. And, you know, if we want to be the best and we always have to be pushing it to, to be better than we were before. So, um, I think those things came natural. You know, you still have to make that choice to want to do it. But uh, when you're in an environment where uh, that's kind of the norm, it's, it's easier to kind of get on board and to kind of take the baton and, and, and run with it.
1: What type of advice would you give, um, you know, I guess to go back, you you're currently uh, in the coaching world. You've been at UW UCLA and now Cal um, as a position coach. Um, And so now you're looking at high school athletes in a different way um, than you just talked about within the family setting. You're talking about looking at evaluating and then recruiting uh, high school athletes. What are some of the things that, that you look for knowing the background that you had as a athlete, but also the background that your family had because you could see what your younger brothers were going through and how they were getting evaluated how did that all mold together and what do you look for in recruits
2: I think what I'm looking for is uh you know in a prospect when I'm looking in scouring the land is just a, a guy that loves the game of football um that is competitive um you know I will evaluate films against their best opponents so I'll ask the head coaches okay what are the games that are the the games in your area and you know, I want to see how they play against the the best in their area, because you know that those those are the games when you. I, I just thought, think back when I was in high school, that you know you are thinking about and you want to do well, or you know you're going to find out does he get nervous? Um, does that nervousness affect his ability to play at a high level, or or whatnot? So, um, but I, but I think if you if you love it and you're able to compete against the best in your area, then you're focusing on the things that matter. Uh, in the game of football is you're you, uh, you're not letting the moment be too big for you you're, you're competing with your buddies you know i'm, I'm looking for guys that play hard because if, if you're running from sideline to sideline or if you're finishing blocks um if you are covering down the field when you don't have the ball and you're trying to block for your teammate those are things i'm looking for that show me that you love playing the game of football because as you know, Dan and, and basketball, I mean that the higher you go, the harder it is. Cause now everyone is better and you got to have a love for what you're doing to really put yourself above, you know, your competition because now you're going to, you're going against more guys that are like you. And, uh, I think if you don't love it, it's just going to be, it's going to become too hard or the discipline of developing your skill set is, is it going to require patience or it's not going to happen overnight? And so um, those are the little things I'm looking for in the film or when I ask high school coaches or their counselors or the people around them to kind of find out um, kind of how the makeup of the young man is and, and really if they, if they love playing or they love competing.
1: Loving competing and, and working at it, I think whether you're a, a athlete or whether you're a coach, that has to be the basis uh, to, to becoming successful. So I love hearing that from you. Let's take a step back and let's, let's go back to your, your Woodenville days. Um, is there one high school football memory that stands out to you?
2: Yeah, there, there was – it was probably our senior – well, there's a couple, but this one – the one I'll, I'll, I'll talk about is uh, we won our first playoff game Uh, our senior year against uh Kentridge I mean they were huge and everyone was saying that you know we didn't have a chance you know we were undefeated but we were smaller you know Kentridge I think they had like seven to nine guys that were like six four and 250 pounds I think at the lowest weight level you know we might have had one guy that was like that you know but we just were a a tight-knit group of guys I mean there was 12 of us Eleven of us, you know that would go both ways, and the twelfth guy would come in and and you know give a break to to myself or another dB. but literally we you know we we would play both ways, and so we were you know we were pretty good, obviously that year, but you know that was a big challenge for us in our minds was could we go up against a bigger physical team? Um, our team was was tight, you know we we were competitive. we we didn't we hated to hear that from people that uh you know these guys are better stronger bigger faster and all those things and then we we ended up just blowing them out like 42 to something um i think that kind of showed us that uh uh it doesn't really matter how big the opponent is it matters how big you know your heart is you know how how strongly you believe in yourself and then how strongly you believe in team and then are you accountable to each other because when you got a group of guys that are or dialed in that way, man, you can go beat anybody. It doesn't matter who, who you play. And so that was, that was a really cool moment to be able to go play um, that game and it not be close, but really just, just blow them out. And uh, uh, that, that's a game that's, that stands out for me.
1: That's, that's awesome. I love hearing uh, guys kind of go back in the memory banks and, and bring out different details and things that they remember. Uh, obviously, you've moved from athlete to coach. Um, And in doing that, many times you look back at different coaches you've had and and think about things that they said or how they ran practices or maybe how they related to guys. Is there one former coach that you have that you can look at and say, he's my mentor, that's who really kind of pushed me into coaching?
2: Man, that's a a great question. Because I feel like I've taken from a lot of my coaches – you know, I've taken a little bit of everything. I mean, from, I'm trying to think, I mean, shoot, I could go on, I could name the list of coaches that I've had and, you know, all a lot of them are, are extremely successful now. And uh, I don't know if I can just point to one guy that was a singular coach that really just, you know, showed me that this is what I want to be. because I, I think I always wanted to, I always knew that I wanted to coach, but, I will say this. I I think all the coaches that I've had, I mean, the ones that had, had the most effect on me were the ones that really just, uh, you know, took time to develop a relationship uh, with me and and really just be real. You know, we I've had a bunch of coaches that just put the X's and N's up on the board and then go, hey, you need to do it this way. And then it's like, yeah. if you don't do it, then you're like, you know, you're, you're terrible. You know, there's no, there's no teaching. There's no, you know – critique. I don't mind being critiqued hard, but what I learned was the coaches that, you know, that took a little bit more time to, to make sure, you know, that, you know, how I was learning, how I was doing, you know, was my, how was my current attitude affecting my ability to learn or, or, you know, just took that extra time to show that they cared and and whatnot. Um, the other, I think coaches, you know, from a tactical or an X and O standpoint, I've, you know, there's a bunch of coaches that I've, I've, I've I've learned from, I think in terms of like teaching styles and how to effectively convey information so it doesn't get stale. I've probably taken a lot more of that, but um, I mean, I've literally, yeah, I probably count on my hand the number of like like really, you know, I, I shouldn't say this, but bad coaches in terms of where it, they just, you know, you, you knew they weren't invested in you. It yeah. was kind of like they're just doing a job and and then, you know, hopefully they landed someone good where they didn't really have to coach and then, you know, they could just stay in their position. But I, I've had some, I've had some guys that are just good dudes and um, enjoyed, I think, the people in the room and, and teaching them more so than, the position itself. So I, I know that's probably didn't answer your question, but, uh, I really do feel that I've, you know, I've been blessed to have some guys that, uh, that have, you know, helped me become a better coach. And, and it's really hard for me just to pick the one guy. because sure. I mean, I've had, I've had a ton.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I would, I've been blessed with having coaches at, at multiple levels that have had an impact. And, and there's nothing like a coach that, as you kind of touched on, um, is imparting wisdom and that you know they care when they know when you know they care um you're willing to to do the extra things yourself uh outside of what you would have done you you're doing it to um you know kind of show the coaches that is, as well that that you believe in their message and it's been get, it's getting across so um marcus i, I really appreciate it um Scorebook Live Washington, today's podcast, again, we've been bringing in experts from different fields, um, different guys who've had success at the high school and college level in the state of Washington, and you are honestly at the top of that list. I remember being a freshman with you at UW, and uh, I think it was Brock Heward that got hurt, and you stepped in and made some tremendous plays down the stretch of that season um, for Husky football, and it was fun. Watching those games, it was fun getting to know you and uh, then following your NFL career a bit. So uh, appreciate the time. Best of luck with Cal this year, except when they're uh, at UW and at Wazoo, right?
2: <laughs> hey, I, it's all good. And we've had their number a couple years, so that I think the, they'll be ready for us this year. But uh, I appreciate it, Dan. Uh, anytime. Uh, I'd love to get on with you. All right. Thanks again. Take care. All right, buddy. Hey, bud.